Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, only about 13 minutes, each day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word. And that's important for our faith because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So as we stay in God's Word, our faith can stay strong and even grow stronger. And that's important for our spiritual well-being and our eternal outlook. Now, we want to encourage you to help others in your life, and you probably know some within your own family who need to grow in their faith. In fact, maybe some of them need to become faithful to begin with. Well, help them by sharing these short studies with them every single day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody come to God. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We want to continue in our new line of thought and study. We're talking about something that, again, would make a lot of people uncomfortable. Now, for some people, from a more positive perspective, it might just make them scratch their head and maybe kind of, you know, squint a little bit and and perk their ears up and think, well, what, what does this have to do with spiritual matters, spirituality, with faithfulness to God? But other people, it's going to make them uncomfortable because they're going to recognize, hey, this points fingers at me because of the way I'm living my life. We're talking about laziness. And ultimately, what we're talking about is a problem of the heart. Now, we're not talking about having a blockage in a major artery or a vein. We're not talking about having some kind of problem with our heart muscle. We're not talking about heart attacks or any of the cardiovascular kinds of disorders or illnesses that somebody might might experience from a physical and medical perspective. That's not the kind of heart trouble we're talking about. We're talking about heart trouble that really centers in the mind and the emotions, where our mindset is, what our dedication is, our commitment to life is, the direction we take in life. Laziness is a real problem in our country, in our culture right now. And I'm afraid that a whole lot of people in positions of influence, and particularly a lot of politicians, I'm afraid they're simply, they're simply contributing to the problem. Now, as I said in introduction last time, I think our country right now, I think we live in the fastest-paced society and culture that history, the world history has ever seen. And so you might think, well, that ought to free up some time for us to relax and kind of recharge. But instead, we've just, we've just piled in there more and more busy things to do. Now, saying that, at the same time, I believe that we are seeing kind of an explosion of laziness in our country, in our culture right now. I think it's, it's growing at, at a greater speed and in greater dimensions than we've ever seen in our country and in our culture. And you might wonder, well, how could we be the fastest-paced society doing more and more and more and more and more things and at the same time growing lazier and lazier, at least by percent of the population? Well, that does seem to be kind of a, 
contradiction or a dichotomy, doesn't it? But I believe it's the case. Now, how is it that people are being lazy in a more pronounced way in our country right now? More and more people don't want to work. Now, you might throw up your hand and say, ah, oh, you, you just sound, you sound like somebody who's out of touch. No, you just go talk to businesses. And I'm, I'm talking about the, the owners of businesses or the, the uh, uh, people who do the hiring at businesses. Ask them. Ask them, how, how, how easy is it to find someone to fill a, a position that you need filled in your workplace? And, and, and if you do find somebody, uh, how, how diligent are they to really perform their job in a, in a consistent way, really doing the work? Do they come back after the first week is over or maybe after the first few days are over? You see, I, I, I listen. I hear people talk. And so they, they talk about how it's hard to find somebody first to fill a position because fewer and fewer people want to work. But then sometimes you'll hire somebody, and it looks like you got the position filled, but they may never come to the job. Or you may hire somebody that may come for two or three days or so, or maybe a week, but they don't come back after that. More and more people, they want to not work a job. They want the money. They want the income. They want to be taken care of, but they don't want to have to work a job every day. Now, some of those folks are living off their parents. <laughs> You've got grown people and maybe way up into their 20s, but they're still living at home, off their parents. You've got other people who are simply finding ways, and they're pretty artful at doing this. They find ways to live off the public dole, live off the taxpayers through either federal government assistance or state government assistance or local government assistance. And, and so they're actually, in a lot of cases, they're getting more money than they were making when they were working a job. Now, that is a problem for government to, to correct because they ought not be encouraging through basically free money that should be intended to simply help somebody for a period of time who is down and out, not of his own desire, but down and out through no fault of his own, but who wants to do better and is looking for a job to be able to help him do better, or maybe when he gets through his current situation, wants to go back to work, but rather the funds are being taken by people who do not want to work, who just want to get the money and be lazy. Now, they wouldn't call themselves lazy, but they are. Again, these are kind of hard words, aren't they? Well, we talked about what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. He was, he was writing this to the congregation at Thessalonica, the Lord's church there. And he was, he was saying, he was rebuking some who were walking, as he described it, in a disorderly manner. And the disorderliness that he really zeroed in on was they were being lazy. He said, when we were there working with you and spreading the gospel, we, we worked our own job. We had the authority to receive funds and support from you, but we wanted to be an, an example. And so he says in verse 10 of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Hard words, 
well, they may sound hard to some people who don't like the sound of them for one reason or another, but they're, they're simply words of basic reality. We're supposed to work for a living. We're not supposed to look for somebody to take care of us all of our lives when we could be taking care of ourselves through a productive job that we have the ability and the opportunity to have and work at. Now, in verse 12, Paul goes on and he says, Now, those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Hmm. Interesting. We noted that when God created man, the first man, Adam, he put him in a garden that God had prepared with, the, with all of the resources that he needed to be able to live. There was food there in abundance. But at the same time, in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. The man could not just lay around under a tree in the shade and be lazy all day every day. He was supposed to work that garden. He was supposed to take care of it. And then when you look, and that's Genesis chapter 2 and verse 15. Now, when you get to Genesis chapter 3 and man moved, digressed into sin through the devil's temptation, but the man made his choice to sin, and his wife as well, then we read this in chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3. Part of the judgment that God brought upon mankind is this. God said, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Genesis chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. So God declared, you have disobeyed me. You are now sinful. The work that, you, that I told you to do, tending the garden, all that, well, it's going to become more difficult. Again, in toil you shall eat of that ground all the days of your life. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. That is until you die physically. Genesis 3, verses 17 through 19. Yeah, so where did we get off that path somewhere in our culture? Probably not all that long ago as far as the number of years or decades are concerned, but we've certainly gotten off that path, that path in a profound way. And it seems like in the last several years, it's gotten worse and worse. Now, in his letter to the Thessalonians, Paul declared that anyone who would not follow God's law in the matter should not eat. That would be a natural consequence of being too lazy to work a job when you are physically able and you have the, the opportunity to have a job to work to support you and your family. He talks about those as being disorderly. Well, the Lord's church, Christianity, is benevolent by nature. In the midst of this pointed instruction on laziness, Paul still encourages the congregation in 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 3 and verse 13 to not be weary in doing good. So if there's somebody who is down and out, truly down and out, now, maybe they made a mistake, or maybe they were injured, maybe they're handicapped in some way, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's not something that they can overcome by themselves right at that moment. Then he says, help them, take care of them. 
but supporting a lazy person on a continual basis in his, lady, in his laziness, that's not doing good things. That's not doing a good thing for that person. That's not doing a good thing from a societal perspective. There would be somebody who says, no, you need to have compassion. You need to take care of that person. God says in his word, no. If a man will not work, let him not eat. Laziness puts him in a different category. Laziness is promoted when laziness is supported. Have you thought about that principle? When you support somebody who's lazy, you're enabling them to continue to be lazy. And ultimately, perpetually supporting someone in a lifestyle of laziness robs that person of the dignity and self-worth that naturally goes along with being productive and earning his living. And I'm afraid that point of personal integrity is being eroded at a fast pace and consistently in our culture, in our country right now. We'll move a little further next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for loving us. Thank you for making the way for us to be able to earn a living. And thank you for teaching us that it, that, that is your will. Guide us. Help us to open our eyes and see that we need to be productive and that that really lends itself to building up our sense of integrity before you. Help us to be the right example to others around us. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.